Hey guys, I know we said we were going to talk about Stranger Things in this episode, but unfortunately, due to some Thanksgiving Day craziness, we didn't quite get around to it. So we're actually going to release our Justice League episode today, since we recorded that a little early. We did one of our See the Movie, Come Straight Back to uh, the Home Studio, and Record in Person episodes. But unfortunately, Dan forgot his microphone, as you might expect. So the audio quality is a bit rough. Uh, we had to we had to hobble together an interesting little setup here, but I think it was worth it uh, because we had a special guest, which uh, you'll hear in just a minute. And obviously, this is going to be filled with spoilers pretty much right out of the gate. So if you haven't seen Justice League, you might just hit pause and uh, come back here after you do. Okay, so we are here today to re uh, to record our episode on the new Justice League soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, all right. So we, me, me and Dan, and uh, our special guest here. Yeah, we have a special guest recording in the studio with us. <laughs> in the studio. So we're once again we're once again in my guest room. Me and Dan staring each other down. Not and, alone this time, though. Darn it. Well, you so. I've noticed a trend. We always have we always have a, a third little friend. Last time it was Mr. Frodo, right? Yep, yep. That's his dog. Yeah, not a human being, right? <laughs> Elijah Wood. Um, no. So, so I, let's just explain what's going on here. We went and saw the new Justice League movie, and we figured we'd talk about it. And we have a guest with us who we'll introduce here in just a second. And uh, the reason why we have him on here, well, why don't we just let you we introduce suck at this? <laughs> Yeah, why don't we just let you introduce yourself and explain why you're here. Yep, Zach here, Charlie's cousin. Uh, I guess I'm invited on the show this week because I am of the similar opinion of Dan about all things DC. Right, so so Batman vs. Superman was a movie that I agreed with the general population was right. objectively not good, right? Which is funny because you spend an awful lot of time talking about how all these things are subjective, <laughs> like when it comes to solid color art things. But no, when we're actually going to deal with a movie, all of a sudden it's objective now because it's something you like. Well, that that was a joke. Okay. So the point is, I, I did not enjoy that one. I didn't enjoy the Zack Snyder Superman Returns, Superman, whatever Man it's called. Man of Steel. Man of Steel, sure. But I understand that people like it and... Going into this movie, I didn't want it to be me pointing out all the obvious flaws and Dan flailingly trying to defend it. Right. So let's back up here. Like, I'll actually kind of give my opinion on the on the DC universe so far. So uh, I kind of um, I liked Man of Steel. It was okay. Like, it was a fun kickstart to the Superman stuff. And uh, I actually did like Batman vs Superman. But I'm in a weird situation because I do actually recognize that, like you said, objectively, there are some issues with it. And I even understand why a lot of people, it didn't strike a chord with them and people had problems with it. For some reason, though, I found myself liking it and being very entertained by it. And I was always bugged by the fact that then afterwards, when Suicide Squad came out, it got a similar score by a lot of critics and audiences. Actually, not audiences. The audience score is a bit higher on Batman vs. Superman. But critics generally agreed that it was around the same area. And I hated Suicide Squad. I was right there. I wouldn't just say hated. I would say your person 
was offended directly. Yes, like I think I've described it before as the Jar Jar Binks of the he, DC why universe. Why do you go after Jar Jar like that? It's the grape and the fruit cocktail. <laughs> That's what it is. Like okay. I, I could keep going with more adjectives for what it's like, but it was, yeah, it was a bad movie. It was a you know, Geneva Convention is still over <laughs> seeing if it's a war crime. You know, that sort of thing. So I hadn't met anybody else who really enjoyed that film until Zach really just, uh, what was it, a couple months ago? Finally saw it. And actually, all I've heard from you is that you liked it. I haven't gotten the details. So so Batman vs Superman, I guess it goes without saying that anyone with a brain is a DC Universe fan and is drawn by Batman in the past. Whoa. So you're going, Gauntlet you're going into these movies... You're going to be drawn by the old school Batman themes. So, Batman, Superman, good villain, Lex Luthor. I'm a Lex fan in that movie. What do you guys think about Lex? Well, let me uh, let me stop you right there. While I am on your side that I enjoyed that movie, saying that Batman is somehow the original roots as a murdery psychopath is not... That's not Batman. <laughs> that was definitely one of the things that threw me off. That was, was a horrific to him with version of Batman. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a big. I'm not a big hater on the Batman in the current movies. Like even in the, the uh, opening scene of the movie tonight, I kind of like the the new Batman. Yeah. Oh, I I agree. Like I actually. Well, you also notice though that, and we'll get to this, but in the movie tonight, they they change the tone of him to where he is still murdering things, but it's aliens, and it's and he and it kind of seems like going forward in the movie. I would imagine they're even going to put in a plot point that he's changed. He's changed his outlook that in Batman where Superman was very cynical and dark, and now it's more optimistic. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> so we're not here to well, talk on, about... Oh, how, okay. how, you, you introduced him, and it sounded like you were saying, because I was just talking about Suicide Squad, it sounded like you were introducing him as liking Suicide Squad. Oh, okay. And that's I, a little confusing. Sorry, I just sorry, wanted sorry. to clear that up. I'm not talking with someone that likes Suicide Squad, right? No, 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 no. Yes. Definitely not. Right. So, yeah, that's the other thing here is Zach's my cousin, Dan's my friend, but a lot of times when we go see movies, both of them will be there. And when those two forces uh, meet each other, the shared offended personal offense to the film Suicide Squad comes out. And it's basically just nonstop discussion about how that movie yeah. disappointed them. <laughs> right. It is. Yeah, that's awful. But we're not here to talk about Suicide Squad. Right. Thankfully. Right. I wanted to get a third party who who could back Dan up because I'd rather I'd rather any movie to have a, a little bit more of a positive sort of light on it. Yeah. So I guess then the way that, that we wanted to start this then is kind of get, go around and I'll start and give our kind of impressions of yeah, it. Yeah. Because my my gut is is that we each moved in interesting directions as far as our feelings about the DC universe. And I could be wrong about that. Maybe you still hate it with all your cynical hate, but um, it, it's, it, it is interesting to talk about. So let's kind of start with impressions and give kind of a quick blurb about it, and we'll jump off. Yeah, so what, do you, what do you think about oh. Justice League? So here's where I fall. It is, objectively, if we can use that term. <laughs> about, Probably not. If we can use that term about art, <laughs> this beautiful art piece of DC Universe. <laughs> no, um, but objectively, I feel like it was a better movie than... Batman vs. Superman, um, it is not as good as Wonder Woman, which is clearly like their strongest entry in the DC Universe right now. Um, I personally find myself, for some reason, despite all of its flaws and understanding why people don't like it, still I like Batman vs. Superman, personally. Um, but 
this was an it was an okay movie. It wasn't a bad movie. It had some serious problems, which we'll we'll get into. But it also, I think, um, I'm going to steal something that 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 you were probably going to say. But uh, it also had some good, really well done spots, which is a plus for a DC universe <laughs> right, exactly. movie. So the existence of good puts it above some of the films overall. Like with some of the flaws in this particular movie, it wasn't a bad movie. Like I'll even probably end up buying it when it comes out. And overall, like the way I kind of judge it is experientially, I had a fun time watching it. So that's kind of my takeaway. It's not what it should have been. I'll say that. So I told you going into the movie, I essentially had two ways of framing it in my own mind. One, do I like the movie? The answer to that is yes. And two, is this worthy of Justice League, which should be like the biggest comic book event in the DC universe? And I'll say no on that count. So that's my takeaway. All right. So I didn't I didn't really get a read on your feelings, Zach. So I'm really genuinely curious what you what so you think overall about this. in light of the current DC universe, I'm gonna call it a success. <laughs> but I was definitely disappointed in some areas here. Um, but overall, yeah, compared to what they maybe we're just spoiled by Marvel right now, right? With how good they've been making movies, uh, because some of the dialogue even in this movie just a lot of <laughs> misses. Yeah, like I told Charlie right after we saw it, he asked me what I thought. I said a lot of hits, a lot of laughs, and a lot of pure entertainment, but a lot of misses. And on the dialogue, I'd say there's a lot of heavy swings and misses, (laughs) and they were not light touches. Right? (laughs) Yeah, and and I will say, like I I agree with that. Like I do think, and I'll add this caveat as well. It's fair. I I do think that the success of Marvel is sort of casting a shadow over the dc now this is just movie universe because i have my own qualms like i think dc's knocking out of the park in the comic book department whereas marvel right now yeah, is sort of lagging about that but we're not talking about that <laughs> but um but yeah in the movie universe it seems like dc's just kind of trying they're constantly trying to catch up so i agree like marvel's casting this large shadow over them right now and it's fair to compare them however with that said, I just don't think it's as bad as some people are making it out to be. Like, especially if you like comic book movies, unlike Suicide Squad, I don't feel like if you're into the DC characters, you're going to come away from this thinking, oh, that was awful. Like, you'll think, oh, that was a fun time. Like, you might have wanted a bit more, but it's not a bad movie. That's kind of my feelings on it. So, Is there a general consensus already? I know it's only been out for a night or two of, like, the public reception of so I know, League yet. I know dan's it's it's looks a lot yeah more than okay I so it's tough to call and i'll explain why but the general consensus like keep in mind rotten tomatoes is an aggregate site so it just aggregates impressions of the movie it's not a percentage score but based on that aggregation the critic score is somewhere around 40 percent but the consumer score like the regular score is around 87 percent but with that said it's still hard to judge that because Charlie pointed out to me that, like, Suicide Squad, when that came out, a lot of people rated it on Rotten Tomatoes before they saw it because they thought critics were being unfair and there were a bunch of fanboys jumping on there to, like, boost the numbers. So there could be a little bit of that going on. So it's it's fair to also say, even with that high consumer score, it's it's still worth waiting another week or two before you kind of say on that. The, on the user yeah, scores. But I will say, it is markedly higher than, than normal. And so, like... There does seem to be a split for particularly that niche audience of comic book lovers. Um, like it seems like they generally like a lot of these movies, but yeah, it's so tough to tell. And also, like if we were to compare Batman versus Superman, that was at what, like a twenty seven percent? 
Yeah, and then I think the consumer score is now hovering around 75. So this one's like 25% higher, it seems like, maybe a little more. Yeah, exactly. Well, about 50, yeah. And what was Wonder Woman? Uh, that oh, one was pretty that's high. That's got a really good score. It's like 90s. Oh, on, 90s on the, or on 80s, the critic yeah. score, wow. it's in the 90s. You saw it? Did you see Wonder Woman? Oh, yeah. And I liked it. I'm actually, it's funny Dan said that. I actually liked Batman vs. Superman more than Wonder Woman, and I actually liked it more than this movie. It's probably still my favorite DC movie since Christian Bale retired. So Yeah, it's really weird. Again, I understand, unlike <laughs> him, because he's a bit more gung-ho, but I understand why people don't like Batman vs. Superman and have serious problems with it, and I would never argue it's a perfect or even close to great movie but something about it clicked with me in my mind that yeah i can objectively understand wonder woman is a better film but i if i had both on my shelf right now i would probably pull out batman versus superman which most people wouldn't and i get that but that's my own mental problem (laughs) that i have going on i just really like the action and i just like the whole idea of the batman fighting like you know it's just different and one of the biggest cliffhangers in cinema history, in, in, in cinema history, I crammed that together. It said history. You're just sense. so excited. Yeah, I can but see uh, it. it has one of the biggest cliffhangers in cinema history. Like, why did he say that name? Like, <laughs> we don't know. Why did he say Martha? Brilliant writing. It'll be it'll be talked about in the history books. How often do you wake up in the middle of the night and just scream, Martha? Most of the time, it's waking up, like like sit up straight. Yeah, right. You know, like startled, startled awake. Why did they say that name? <laughs> How many times a night did did Bruce say Clark, or did Clark Kent say Bruce? It was just <laughs> the most awkward. They had just had some big swings and misses. <laughs> in okay. this one, Justice and, yeah, League. and Justice League. Okay. So before we get into the actual movie, oh, you didn't give your impression. That's true. I didn't. Let's go ahead and do that. Okay. Yeah. So I actually, I actually genuinely enjoyed the movie, which I'm blown away by. Does that really surprise you? I mean, we'll get into specifics here in a minute, but like, it does. If you think about my problems with with the DC movies, it's that if you're going to be dark and serious and brooding and give no entertainment value on the fun side, mm-hmm. you better be smart. Yeah. Right. And the Christopher Nolan Batman movies were generally smart, and when they yeah, weren't, exactly. it was like frustrating because they weren't fun necessarily right and so my big problem was especially because the specific fighting style in the Zack snyder style movies doesn't really work for me Mm -hmm. the only thing that was left was the like story and plot and i think you'd both agree that those were pretty rough even in batman vs superman right and i wouldn't say rough i would say more uh 10 movies crammed into one sure but yeah fine (laughs) agreed but this one said, hey, we're still going to be dumb, right? I'm not pretending that it's yeah. smart, but it had it was fun yeah. in lots of different ways that we'll get in in a minute. But I, I smiled and laughed during this movie and not in the sarcastic way to get under your skin like I did when we watched Batman vs. Superman. Right. <laughs> so the movie, let's... Uh... Let's kind of go through that then. We don't have to go through it beat by beat, but we can kind of talk about it. Like, Well, uh, but let's go through the first two beats because there was two moments within the first 30 seconds that that were very impactful for my the whole movie experience for me. What was that? You, I'll let you kick it off then. So the first two seconds, it was immediately obvious that we're not going to get a Hans Zimmer throughout this movie. Oh, right, yeah. Immediately it was like... And it was like, 
there's yeah. going to be themes and melodies and like the music's going to be part of this movie, because not just a background. The composer was Danny Elfman, yes, who is abs- who wrote the original 1989 Batman theme. Well, no, yeah, he did that. And did he also have a hand in the 90s television show? I feel like he did. I don't know. But I don't actually know if that's the case. But he's done, um, I mean, he has a history with all the old superhero movies because he did right. He did Spider-Man, the yes. Tobey Maguire ones. Yeah. And his are very noticeable themes, and he's a great composer. Yeah, and so good. He, he, he did the music for this movie, which was noticeable in almost all the scenes. And in addition to that, also wove in traditional themes from... John Williams' 80s Superman score throughout certain points in the movie, which we'll get to. Yes. And, and Hans uh, Zimmer. Uh, and obviously. Yeah. Uh, yes. The, he took the, some of their themes, wove it into a fuller soundtrack. Because, uh, I mean, yeah, Hans Zimmer did some good stuff. And I like Hans Zimmer. But I, I will say this was a needed change. <laughs> yeah. In this type of movie, it made such a big difference. Just when he wove in the original Batman scores, whenever Batman was flying around the rooftops, that was just a real treat. It was yeah, great. It was like immediately you just have this like hit of sort of epicness. I don't know. It's nostalgia. Yeah, it's nostalgia, but like it also like it makes it seem bigger, like more important almost. Right. Because it heart it pulls in memories that have been built up over other films for you. Right. And then like there was parts of this movie where the theme was almost used as a punchline to a joke. Yeah, exactly. Like when that scene when the Flash literally as a punchline <laughs> to a joke. <laughs> that seriously, that scene where the Flash was going after Superman and then Superman's eye moves. You know, they're in slow motion, yeah, so he, nobody else can see yeah, him. So Flash doesn't know at this point that Superman is as fast as him, and they're like trying to, you know, keep Superman at bay. Which, if you're watching, if you're if you're listening to this episode, you've seen the movie. <laughs> yeah, we'll put a spoiler warning. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so he doesn't know that Superman's that fast yet, and it's just great because he immediately it's showing him super slow motion, and then as he's running to go do something to Superman, Superman turns his face in the slow motion like <laughs> speed that, force. Well, who's that actor that did the Flash? Oh, uh, Ezra Miller. And the Flash's face throughout. I mean, it, is it a consensus amongst us three that Flash was like a hit? Yes. He yeah. I based on the trailers, I thought he was going to be like, "Oh, great. He's going to try yeah. and do the whole like, oh, look, I'm the comic relief." But he totally worked. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm excited to see his movie now. Yeah, and for sure. I like him as an actor. Like he was in was that Fantastic Beasts and he's he was in uh Oh yeah. Uh what was that? Perks of being a wallflower. He's been in a lot of stuff. That and he's always like he plays dynamic roles. Like it's not like that's his shtick is being right. like the weird comic relief like that. Like he actually plays serious. To all, like he's a great actor, and I, I liked him in that role a lot. <laughs> so we definitely had some like I would say all the misses that we're talking about where lines just didn't work were generally flash lines because they were trying to be funny and weren't. Oh, see when you say that, I'm thinking of all the uh, Batman or Superman. Superman like epic like punchlines. Ah. Yeah, like me and Charlie were talking about in the car ride here. Um, I don't know if you remember, but near the end of the movie, they're in the big the big fight. Superman shows up to help fight Steppenwolf, and his entrance is Steppenwolf is talking about something, and Superman comes in with no reference to anything anyone has said, says something like, truth, I like justice, and then punches him. <laughs> I'm a fan of truth. I'm also a big fan of justice. That's what it was, yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing. Now- I may need to go back and watch the movie, and maybe I'm wrong. No one said the word truth or justice. It was in reference to nothing. It would <laughs> well, be the, like the Justice League. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's in the name of the movie. But um but no, it was just like yeah, I would have liked it better if he said like, "You know what I like? I like being in a league of justice." <laughs> like it would have worked just as well and would have been really funny. It was just like if you were talking about like I don't know, your favorite car, it would be like someone just walking up and being, "Truth. Hey, I like justice." And it's just like it has nothing to do with what Steppenwolf. Or when he flew in, they're still fighting Steppenwolf, and he went away for a minute. He comes back, still being bothered by this guy. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the two. Yeah, he's clearly the one that can hold his own against this guy, but runs off for a few minutes to save citizens. Okay, Wonder Woman and Aquaman can do that. Like, it's fine. Like, let them go do that. You fight the Steppenwolf guy. Don't leave them, like, where your plan could fall apart if you're late. No, it didn't fall apart, because it's Justice League the movie, not Steppenwolf the movie. But... <laughs> It was still just funny. Back to you guys' thoughts on Flash. I want to hear what you guys thought. Oh, well, and if we want to like circle all the way back to finish out the 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 punctuated yeah. John Williams joke was like the Flash is making his hilarious face when he realizes Superman can move as fast as him. And then as Superman like rears back to punch him, all of a sudden the dun 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 Yeah, it, like dun. like 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 the soundtrack is going quick and then they do just this random burst of John Williams and then oh. go back into the soundtrack. And it just it like it punctuated that moment so well because it's sort of like evil Superman in this little mini part of the movie. It was moments like that that actually saved it for me because it was like, it was sort of just so-so, but those parts made it fun. Yeah, I, I, I found myself like smiling. Like that scene, I was like kind of clapping like, ah, yeah. oh, they just like totally pulled that whole thing off. Like that was yeah. brilliant. Right. So I guess let's kind of go through the plot, and I'll give us some background to it since I'm the only resident nerd here that actually knows the background to this um, <laughs> me, story. Me and Zach are uh, resident Wikipedia readers. Yeah. So, so I read a lot of comic books, and this movie, a lot of things that I did like about it, which is another thing that kind of saved it for me, was there was so many throwaway lines that were direct references to like comic book stuff, and you guys recognize some of them, like Zach was saying, um, the... Uh, Alfred mentioning when we had to worry when the only thing we had to worry about was wind up penguins. Obviously, that's you know an old yeah. Batman throwback. But there's so many like little Easter eggs like that. Like they show this like Lord of the Rings esque like background information of like when the Atlanteans yeah. and the and the Amazons that and all was these so weird because also Gal Gadot has that Israeli voice, so it was sort yeah. of that. Very, what's the name of the elf that's doing the opening to Lord of the Rings? Yes, yeah. it was very similar. It's like right, and then we took these three boxes, yeah, and, it, it, and yeah. buried them in three gave, different places. Yeah, I was literally expecting them to forget what they had written and then just not even notice in the edit. One was given to the dwarf lords, and one was <laughs> given to the elves, and then Gollum just shows up <laughs> yeah. and steals the box, right? But uh, so yeah, like like even in that, like there was a lot of cool stuff. Which obviously, guys, you know this one because it was a visual cue, but like. In this ancient battle, like thousands of years old, when Steppenwolf first came up and she's talking about it, like you just, re- they say, and many other guardians from around, and like you see like the, gr- like green lanterns there, which was kind of cool for like people that like green lanterns. It was really cool, <laughs> but also like I found myself disappointed that green lantern isn't in this. Yeah, because they, well, they want to set it up as kind of a catch-all. Because there's a lot of Green Lanterns in the DC universe and they're wanting to, like the new movie is called Green Lantern Corps. So it's plural, and so I think they're kind of setting that up in one go when they want it to be its own thing. Yeah, that scene was great. I thought the movie was a little slow to start, and that was probably my favorite scene up to that point in the movie. 
And then the Green Lantern thing. Did y'all notice the ring yes. shot off his hand right onto yeah. Ryan Reynolds' hand? It was wait, awesome. Wait, what? No, that wasn't Ryan Reynolds. But that was a joke. Oh, oh okay. You got me really excited because <laughs> it feels like the type of thing that they would do. You just see Ryan Reynolds pop up somewhere in there. <laughs> oh, I think I don't know if he's going to be the new Green Lantern. There's no. been a lot of rumors. No, I, I had think, heard uh, somebody saying that. Maybe it was you. I know what it was was they did back when they were developing this, which was years ago. Like they just said they weren't ruling him out yet because this new universe wasn't fully realized yet. They just knew they were going to do a Green Lantern Corps movie. Maybe news is updated since then, but I yeah, haven't I seen any. But no, so the background of this is 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 my favorite like stories in the DC universe, and it's the New Gods stuff that, or as, as some people call it, the Fourth World mythology, which a comic book writer named Jack Kirby started in the late 60s, early 70s, something like that. And a lot of it had influences in a lot of pop culture stuff like Star Wars and other space stuff and other comic books. And he basically laid the current groundwork for the entire DC universe as a structure, even though they were kind of connected before then. Like Jack Kirby started all this and he created these characters called the New Gods where you had these warring planets, one apocalypse and one called New Genesis. And Darkseid lived on apocalypse and the other gods on new genesis and they were constantly it was like this eternal struggle and it's this very like space opera type thing but these gods would then interact in superman storylines and stuff like that and the bad guy in this movie was one of those characters who i think it's been a while since i've read the fourth world stuff by jack kirby but i think it's like dark side's uncle this is the baddie in in this movie steppenwolf is steppenwolf yes and so he was was he was he a stepdad no <laughs> but I think it was his uncle and he like Darkseid somehow commandeered the throne of Apocalypse and is now like the ruler of Apocalypse. So I don't know what the relationship is supposed to be. And they did change some things. But what was interesting was they kept a lot of the crazy 70s lingo that was like for comic book readers at the time. Like they called the boxes mother boxes, which was um, and, and if you notice like the teleport stuff that Steppenwolf was doing, it's actually called a boom tube. Which is also, which is also amazing. Their, yeah, which is also their 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 seventies name that Jack Kirby created for it. And so, like, he created all these like outlandish things. And like, a lot of people also point to like, there's many things because nothing is in a vacuum. But like, the idea of the mother box in the comic book, at least, was very cell phone like. And so, this was a precursor in the seventies comic book. Like, he was noted for just coming up with these crazy ideas that, while obviously weren't totally grounded in reality like filled like things that we actually do have today hmm. and so like the mother box was a little different in the comic books whereas in this movie they're sort of objects that can recreate the world which you could do something like that with the comic books with so them too kind of similar to the uh whatever that machine was in man of steel yes exactly the world engine right yeah. um but yeah so the and, and also in the comics the mother boxes are just common apocalypse and new genesis technology like there's not just three of them there's bunches of them and that's actually what they do to open teleporters so cyborg was created by one of the mother boxes that's how he became cyborg and he's able to obviously not in this movie because he hasn't developed his powers yet but he's in the comic books he's opening boom tubes and teleports <laughs> all the time Gosh, and i like, hope they call them boom tubes yeah so like so, like, there was a lot of interesting, like, Jack Kirby background to this movie, and it was some of my favorite characters, and there was lots of throwaway lines, and I thought, and there's a lot of people that won't realize that Darkseid is sort of what's coming next, probably in the DC universe, um, because this is sort of the lead-in, and this is what they've kind of done in a lot of comic book storylines 
like dark side will typically like jeff johns most recently like like seven years ago in the comic book world like did a storyline where something like this movie happened it was told a little bit better and it's a comic book so there's some differences but essentially dark side comes to invade they they all meet up and meet each other for the first time it's there's a lot of funny stuff that happens with them meeting each other for the first time they fend off dark dark side and he doesn't come back till five years later in the comic book world once he's gotten different things that he's attacking the world with but that's kind of how this movie felt was like this was dark side's first like incursion on on earth in modern day and like dark side might come back to like finish the job or something down the road with some different plot so it's like a little ancient mythology star side yeah 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 so there's so it's mixed with real fake and real fake mythology on Earth and comic books and stuff. So were those were the old gods that were fighting with the Atlanteans? Was that like supposed to be like Athena and people like Greek mythology? Yeah. So in the DC universe, essentially, like there's like this like little poem that Jack Kirby did, and I don't remember the exact thing, but it's like the old god died, the old gods died, and now the new gods reign. And it's like the the old the old gods were overthrown by the new gods, and the new gods are the new gods in the DC universe. But there's still like. A weird mishmash of like some of the Amazonian gods are still around because or Greek gods are still around because they have to have plot lines with Wonder Woman. So there's different <laughs> things like that. And sometimes the Christian God is is a real thing. And sometimes it's not. And so it's like DC Universe is constantly, you know, a world of like so many different artistic things coming into it. But essentially all gods exist or don't when they need them to. So like DC even has a version of Thor. Like Thor is a god in the DC universe. It's actually shown oh, up right. in some yeah. Neil Gaiman storylines and Sandman. Yeah, there's like all kinds of different things. But the new gods are essentially, yeah, these new created characters by Jack Kirby. And the old gods are referring to all the old gods of Earth, whatever religion. So I'm wondering what you guys thought of the the main bad guy. I already forgot his name. Step Stepdad. Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf. Steppenstone. Uh, yeah. Yeah, was, so like... He was forgettable. I, would you guys agree that... The pinnacle of bad superhero bad guys would be obviously the one from uh, Suicide Squad, right? Oh, yeah. And the big problem there is that it's just big CGI thing that shoots CGI things from its hands. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, you know, Wonder Woman was sort of a step up from that where it was the whatever god that was. Uh, Hades. or No, not Hades. I'm sorry. Uh, The god of war, Ares. Yeah. And he was sort of, like, he was... I thought he was a good bad guy until the big fight, in yeah. which case it was just CGI guy right. super punching CGI other guy. Right. But even though you could describe this guy the same as that, for whatever reason, I felt like I enjoyed the fight scenes with this one. Yeah, because it wasn't all punching. Yeah. There was a lot of punching, but like they did some interesting things. And I, I did tell you this in the car ride home, but like it wasn't quite as tight as like Joss Whedon's Avengers movies fight scenes but it was still like really good like they did some good stuff that worked together and the only criticism i have is it felt like once superman shows up at the end the fight kind of ended abruptly like a little too quickly and then steppenwolf just gets taken away in a boom tube and he's gone and the one thing i didn't understand is like they had that whole line like which i know they planted at the beginning of the movie with batman but i still didn't get it was they're like oh you smell that fear I was like, why did the parademons all of a sudden start attacking uh, Steppenwolf? Yeah, it was weird. It was like they were drawn to fear, but then 
other than at the very beginning of the movie, they never really the, the only thing that I can think of, which makes sense of the context of the scene, is these things were created, which they did say in that Lord of the Rings backstory. These things were created by Steppenwolf and taken over by dead soldiers and turned into these parademons, which are like you know his mass faceless armies of like bug like creatures, and um, they were turned into that. And so presumably he has the power to do that. Well, they made a point to destroy his axe, and once that was split all of the parademons turned on him. So my guess is that's a, that's his way of controlling them. But I feel like that was something where I noticed a lot of like critics were talking about this. They're like, things will happen in this movie where you kind of get it, but you feel like something was cut that was supposed to explain why this happened. And that was one of those moments for me where I was like, clearly they're indicating the axe somehow controls these parademons because they, they make a point to take out his axe. And as soon as they do it, the parademons swarm him. Like that's that's how it happened. Like, well, and they made so a point. Of I it. mean, my what I remember happening was they start actually beating him, and he starts actually bleeding. Yeah, like they, she, you know, Wonder Woman gets a couple swipes at him or whatever, and then they destroy the axe, and then they make that line like, "Do you smell that fear. fear?" And he looks like this is the first time he's not confident. So I True. thought it literally was he was afraid he was going to lose. I feel like there was more to that, that or there should have been. Yeah, but I mean, they clearly made the point that they're drawn to fear because Batman was fishing with crooks yeah, using true. their fear to catch them. So, like, yeah, that was, I think, the game there. Yeah, I just took that as it being like a weakened Steppenwolf at that point. But overall, the the villain, I, I liked him. I mean, I wasn't crazy at first because he was just a big CGI guy. He kind of looked like Thanos to me. But I was, yeah. a, I was a fan of the big axe. And the reason he was okay for me was because... Unlike what's the t- Suicide Squad when it was rushed, they gave him a backstory. They gave him the Lord of the Rings fight scene, yeah. and you know he wasn't big and powerful till the last thirty minutes and, of the movie. And his and his voice was great. It reminded me almost a little bit of like something Liam Neeson would voice, but it wasn't Liam Neeson, obviously. But I'm just saying, like that guy, whoever was voicing him, had a powerful, yeah, standout Agreed. voice. <laughs> I think part of it too is he didn't feel like he couldn't be killed. Yeah, exactly. Like until it, the last ten minutes when Superman showed up. Well, right, but even th- then, no. He what wasn't I mean killed. is, like, it didn't feel. It wasn't like they stabbed him through the heart and then he pulls an axe out of his heart and then ah, they keep okay. fighting. He it was like vulnerable. it felt like if they had been able to get a hit on him, that they could have taken him down. Right, right. And a lot of times, I feel like the CGI monsters, it's like they're just punching each other through like millions of buildings, and it's like neither person has a scratch. You know, it's like, what? Yeah. what's even happening here? And it felt like there was at least, they were like actually grinding him down a little bit, I guess. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you guys, like, what do you think about the overall plot? And I'll just say it because we don't need to go beat by beat because it's actually pretty straightforward. And I want to ask, like, what do you think about it? And what do you think about it compared to other DC movie plots? So this one, to me, felt more linear. And the plot is essentially, there's this threat that they found out is showing up. Uh, Batman and Wonder Woman because they at the end of Batman vs Superman decide to put together the team so you get the impression they've been kind of like scoping out these people and uh, so they're trying they, they're contacting these people you kind of go through each cycle of each hero which we can go through each character in a minute and like say what we thought about them but as far as the plot goes it was it was let's get the band back together and then as the band's getting back together there's an initial fight with the bad guy that doesn't go so well everyone splits off and, and he escapes and then they come back together defeat him in the end Superman's raised from the dead and which 
I'll, I'll be honest. I was actually I love that part of the movie for some reason. That was part of the 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 musical cue moment we were talking about earlier. Um, I thought that was going to be awful and kind of weird diversion, but I kind of liked it. And after it was over, and then they come together. Steppenwolf gets all the objects that he needs to reform the Earth, and then they stop him. The end. Steppenwolf is taken away, and he's not killed, so he can come back later with Darkseid. So that's essentially the plot. I liked it because um, it wasn't the best. Like there, there definitely could have been some things that they'd done differently that I would have liked more or different. But it was linear. It was straightforward. It didn't have the muddled like we're going to do this, and now Superman's going to brood for thirty minutes, and then <laughs> uh, a lot less brooding just generally. Yeah, yeah. And so like it. So even with some moments that were kind of weird, like I hate Superman's suit, which we'll get to when we go through the characters. <laughs> um, but uh, it was it was straightforward it was let's get these people together some of them don't want to at first and then they up coming all coming together and they despite your your protestations against aquaman they all kind of were given a role at some point yes aquaman had to be there for the sake that he's in the justice league but they even gave him a water moment you're already defending him we're talking about the plot Dan. sure sure but overall so a plot what were your impressions i gave mine yeah so i thought it was fine it didn't feel rushed if anything i thought it felt almost slow so unlike Suicide Squad, when the bad guys formed in two seconds, 20 <laughs> yeah. minutes into the movie, and you're like, wait, this is the main bad guy already? This one was pretty slow. If anything, it felt a little bit anticlimactic for me. Like, I never felt like the world was threatened because Superman had already been raised back, so everything felt okay during that last yeah. fight scene. Right, and and part of that, which I'm still not able to confirm yet, but I've actually heard from... There's a couple podcasts I listen to from people that are actually in the entertainment industry, and I've heard from more than a couple that but we you don't consider us in the entertainment industry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listeners, just, do you not? Giving, are you I not just want to give an unbiased. I just want to give an unbiased take. Uh, <laughs> but um, but I've actually heard that like there is indication that there was a actual effort when Joss Whedon took over the editing after Zach, Zach Snyder left. Um, Joss Whedon took over, and it seems like there was an effort to get it under a certain time length. And people are saying like there's like. 45 minutes of movie that was left on the table and in addition Good. to that and it well sure then that, that might be but um it's also possible that sometimes five or ten minutes of a movie here like just spread out can fix little problems and make things clearer and so all of that to say is like there actually does seem that in this case there was some stuff left on the cutting room floor some stuff might have need to be added i don't think it was necessary because this was fine as what they were delivering but um i will say that might be the reason why why it felt like there, there needed to be more filled out, if that makes sense. I felt like it was it was a lot more straightforward. Well, certainly more straightforward than Suicide Squad. Well, I guess Suicide Squad was too. I don't. I still don't know what actually was happening in that movie. It's just like no, no one like does. we're gonna do a thing, and then all of a sudden they're in the city, and you're like, wait, what? Yeah, and but then uh, we're gonna rom- romanticize an abusive relationship between the Joker and oh Harley Quinn. But like compared to Batman vs Superman, where it felt like. There was an attempt to make this really like poetic and deep symbolic movie and the plot was a way to get us to each of these images. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, we need an image of Superman like Pulling lowering him. down on the people yeah. and them all touching him. So like let's come up with a way to get there. Which those would have been iconic scenes if they had good reasons to be it, there. Exactly, right? <laughs> like Snyder's great at making a beautiful shot. Right. As long as he keeps his CG backgrounds in check. So many of his yeah. movies feel like they're on a set. Yeah. And I think that sometimes deters from it. But anyway, this one just felt like 
you knew the motivations behind everyone. Yeah. And that alone was, I mean, other than Aquaman, who I still don't really feel like, like, I mean, I guess I, I could tell you, like, he, for some reason, didn't want to help, but then all of a sudden he did. Well, it was because the, because he didn't want to help because he didn't feel like it was affecting Atlantis. Bruce even made that claim, like, until the seas boil. And like you're like in and then the third mother or well the second mother box was taken from Atlantis. Well, right. I'm talking before that. For some reason, he went to Atlantis, which apparently, according to that other person, he hadn't been in Mira, his future wife. Okay. Uh, (laughs) So for some reason, he had never been, and then like he just swims there and then fights the guy, and it's like, oh, how did he know? Well, he could read the currents of the seas. Oh, obviously. Nope. Well, that's actually they even said that. So actually, that does. I think he was heading back to Atlantis mainly because (laughs) the water felt warm. Well, well, this is kind of a normal (laughs) thing that happens in uh, in like a lot of like movies like this where someone's reluctant that you know they're going to join them eventually, like. They say no, but then they check into the thing that the person was just warning them about, despite the fact they just said no. <laughs> I did. <laughs> well, we won't get into that. Uh, but yeah. all that to say, like he, like I get what your your feelings. Like you're kind of like I don't know anything about this guy. They didn't give me anything. Yeah, I mean, sorry. Okay, we're yeah. not getting into the characters because my plot point was, wise, he had a reason to be there. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. So my my whole point with this was just. Most of the characters, and maybe all of the characters, I felt like I understood their reasons for things. Whereas Batman vs Superman, you're sitting there going like, "Why are they fighting? If they just like, why are they both so stupid?" Because if there's even a one percent chance, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we have to take it as an absolute. And this one, the only time I felt that way was when Wonder Woman was like, "We can't revive him. Are you just doing this to prove a point, or to to because you feel bad or whatever?" And it's like, no, he's doing it because. The world's going to end. You agree that there's yeah. not another option. Why I, would you well, not do the in, like in, sort of in a smarter movie? I understand there being a character saying like, "I don't know about this. This is kind of weird ethically." But this is not one of those times to have that in this. And movie. it maybe it is weird ethically. It was just like his motivation was super clear. Like, there's not another option. Like, we're going nuclear, nuclear, yeah. nuke, going the nuclear option. Yep, that one. So, but uh, again, other than that. It was like motivations were clear. The story was relatively straightforward. But because there was so many characters and so much exposition that was going to need to happen, you almost need that. And I I felt like that served the movie well. Right, right. So I was a bit confused throughout, which, Dan, you weren't confused because you know more about the comics. I kept thinking he was going to summon, like, the mother because he kept referencing the mother when he got the three, you know, infinity stones together. (laughs) That's 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 just because they they refer to like in the comic books they actually just say mother box but that's Insert sort of a sh- Mike Pence joke here yeah <laughs> but but there's there's just like a, I guess that was just like a shorthand for referring to the mother box like that that that's what I'm saying like it was sort of risky to use this weird outdated nerdy language but and also like it could have been confusing like it evidently was for you. So I guess to sum up my whole thing on the plot, I guess my biggest problem with it was with the anticlimactic thing. I thought he was going to summon someone who could fight Superman because it's like he comes at the end and then Superman comes in and it's over. You know, Right. It wasn't some like, oh, we figured out the solution. It was more like, oh, brooding Superman decided to help. But for, for a movie planning thing, I kind of get that a little bit because it's like the whole point that he came in the first place was because his mother box summoned him from like whatever 
ethereal sleep he was in. I don't <laughs> yeah. even know what he was doing. It did. He did keep referencing. So actually, this is interesting. Yeah. So he did keep referencing that he had been uh, not banished. What's the word? Uh, he was defeated, and there was no, 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 no way. There was a different word. Exiled. Yeah, he yeah. kept saying he was exiled, and they never really referenced that in the movie. Just that he had been defeated and he left. But when we were driving home, I think you referenced something about in the greater comic book world. There was mm-hmm. a there's a plot line where he was like exiled by the other gods or by Darkseid um, himself. There. Well, that's the thing is, is like it's been a long time since I read the fourth world stuff by Jack Kirby. So there was a backstory for Steppenwolf in it, and he was kind of the lead commander or the one in charge of Apocalypse at one point before Darkseid was. And there was something that happened that he was either killed or defeated or something to where he was no longer around. But obviously he came back, and there's different reasons for that. So obviously there's different stories, storylines through the ages. But like, like I know at one point Darkseid had this, uh, I want to say, no, I don't want to butcher the language. It was this thing that he had that he could raise, <laughs> he, he could, he could raise people back from the dead. Um, and so like, have he, you ever heard the story of Darth Plagueis the Wise? <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> but anyways, I wouldn't expect so. Right. Right. So, so anyways, so this was, uh, so this was, so there's lots of comic booky reasons why he may be. And the, and the short answer is I don't remember them specifically, but yeah, there's some sort of precedence for that. Like, because that's the weird thing is he's, I feel like in the comic books, he's not really part of apocalypse. He came from apocalypse, if that made sense. Like he was originally like the lead commander or in charge of that before dark side took over. So, but then, but then there's, there are some storylines where he seems to be in league with dark side. So that's what I'm saying. It just depends on what decade you're in and what storyline is going on at the time. Cause I don't know the long storied history of the new gods. I just know the pieces and storylines that I've read. So, um, so it, it goes back and forth and it does all trace one long story, but there's reasons behind it. But I say all that to say like, uh, what were we talking about that? So yeah, so he was in his like, <laughs> so he was like in his slumber. If, and, if you're ever wondering how we get such long episodes, it's yeah. very easy. We're already, what are we already well, is, at? Like an well, hour. We're, well, we're talking about a comic book thing now, which has so we're much. Right in Dan's right. So anyway, so the reason why Steppenwolf came back was because Superman was absent. Like they made a point of that to say like, that's why he came back and was able yeah, to. Yeah, that's right. Which felt and, a little like cheap. It was like, Okay, so this happened like 10,000 years ago, and Superman's only been here for like, what, 40 years? But like, in that 40 years, Superman existed, and then well, he died, and then it's like, oh, now they're exposed. Well, it's like, what you about had, right before that? You, well, you had other, you know, defenders here before that. You know, you had Jesus. So that's one. <laughs> Let's think of some other ones. Uh, <laughs> King King Arthur. He was there for for a solid four years. Natural progression there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> v for Vendetta back in the bonfire times. Uh, <sighs> yeah, I'm just gonna let you. So it makes a lot of sense. I thought you were gonna go with like a Doctor Strange. <laughs> Did or... you actually think I was gonna have a serious answer? For that? Yeah. No. Yeah. Jesus threw me off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so the so but no, I'm just saying like they did have a reason for it in the movie as to why he was back then and and why Superman could defeat him was because he was there the whole reason because Superman was allegedly dead and that's so right, it does yeah. make some sense why Superman could then turn around and kick his butt and that's how it ended. But 
obviously he was taken away, I'm guessing, by Darkseid. And so the next person you'll see come back is Darkseid, who will be a bit more difficult of an enemy to defeat. And it'll be a different plot. It won't it won't have anything to do with combining mother boxes to take over the world. It might have world shattering reasons behind Unless, it. Unless uh, JJ Abrams is the one who does it and then Well, yeah. Well, Darkseid's whole thing is um He's uh, he's constantly in search for if you're ready for a new another crazy 70s uh, lingo the anti life equation Ooh. which is uh, which is written in all of, in a compilation of all the brains of humanity or some semblance or one it ends up being it's like a, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy yeah. Earth yeah. is just a, a right. computer right <laughs> but but it, it there's actually a twist and it turns out to be Mister Miracle is the anti life <laughs> equation and he's actually an awesome character. Is that um, is that not the like uh, uh, mascot for like Miracle Whip? He he's an escape artist. He's a god. He's a god who is also using his god powers to make tons of money to be an escape artist here on Earth. So who are you guys more excited to see? You more excited to see Dark Side or Deathstroke? Definitely Dark Side. I I I just I like science. Looks pretty cool. Yeah, but I like I like science fiction stuff and just the idea that like it's going to get more cosmic, much like Marvel has done. Like I love all the Marvel stuff now because it's all like crazy out there cosmic stuff so do you want to go through go through our uh justice justice league League heroes one by one let's start with aquaman yeah since we've said a lot about aquaman uh more than the movie did (laughs) i don't think that's fair at all it's not and you even like some scenes with him too despite i mean you you like some scenes with him like the lasso thing was funny that was pretty funny um it was weird right because it was like this does not fit what I thought of his character, but because we hadn't seen yeah. much of his character, I was like, well, this is weird. I wasn't expecting that. And then when they revealed that, you know, she had the yeah. lasso on him and that's why he was saying all of those things. I was like, okay, he's back to just generic DC brooding. Hero. The reason why I think Aquaman was a success in this movie is because what they needed to do with Aquaman, despite, yeah, you would like some background and I get some of your criticisms, um, you would like more for him to do or whatever, or more about him. But all they needed to do is take him out of the jokes that Family Guy has made out of him and other oh, TV shows. Yeah. <laughs> and in that angle, they succeeded. They even had they even addressed and made a joke out of the talking to fish thing. Right. And Jason Momoa is just such like a a charismatic tough guy that it would be hard to characterize him in any old light that super friends have. So Charlie, what's your thoughts on Jason Momoa being cast as Aquaman? Well, so, okay. I don't have, I don't know. He's from like game of Thrones or something, right? Which I have not seen. Yeah. So my thing was, I liked his character when he started like having fun, like at the end when he was fighting and he was kind of into it. But until that point, he had never done anything like that. And it almost was like, it felt out of character when all of a sudden he's like, my man, and he's, you know, doing all that. Yeah. Because before that, it wasn't like there was this, like, progression of brooding loner to, oh, like, I'm kind of having fun to, like, oh, like, we're, this is really fun, like, yeah. fighting with you guys. It was just, he was kind of generic, doesn't want to be around anybody, and then suddenly it's like he's having fun with everybody well i don't think it was he didn't want to be around anybody i just think it was like he didn't want to have anything to do with what bruce wayne was asking him about like he was you know he they said he's he was there in that village because he's constantly coming to the village helping people out and stuff they just didn't have much character moments with him before that point so i i get how you would take get that takeaway but they uh, he wasn't necessarily characterized per se as a loner sure, either yeah. 
I thought the movie did enough with one of the Infinity Stones being <laughs> in Atlantis that it made him feel important enough for the first 30 True. minutes. And he had some cool scenes. I mean, the chugging the whiskey bottle and crashing it into the waves. The, the Zack snyder slow-mo scenes with him were pretty cool. People will like that or hate that. I personally liked it. And I'm yeah. a, it's, you know, it's funny because my girlfriend's favorite superhero happens to be Aquaman, since that's <laughs> her favorite uh, character on the video game. Uh, what's oh, that, Injustice? Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like I rock with the Flash and Aquaman. Like those are my two best characters. <laughs> he has a pitchfork, so you just keep him five feet away from you on the video ah, game. But I'm assuming sense. that he's going to be like a hit with the ladies. So there's going to be that whole market since they had him with his shirt off the whole movie. So yes, and I'll say this: like one, like it answered some questions for me as to the Aquaman movie that that's in development. Is I was wondering because if you remember the commercial that we got at the end of Batman vs Superman in the climax of the movie, yes, yes, in the <laughs> middle of Batman right. vs Superman, and so they showed all those like the files and like that Aquaman one looked, ugh, it was rough looking at, and I was like, I don't, I wondered one, how can they make the underwater stuff look good, and two, how are they going to do the communication thing, and this answered both of those questions in this movie. Um, to a degree. What like, did you think about that fight? I thought it was. I thought it was cool. Like it worked for you, right? Th- th- that was my thing. Is is like I was wondering how were they going to do underwater with Aquaman, and I thought it was it was fine as far as visually. Like it didn't look cheesy. Like maybe there could, things could be d- done differently. But I'm just saying as a visual. Like does this look like a realistic Aquaman? Yeah, it does. And then. And then I was wondering, well, they can't talk, so what are they going to do? Telepathy or something? And then they answered that question with having Mira, who does have in the comic books like different like actual powers, like Atlantean powers. Mm. Like she made like an air bubble to like talk to him. Yeah. And but that now that was when it kind of bugged me because I thought the air bubble thing was cool, but it was like when they started when they were fighting, and then like either they were talking or just doing fighting, grunting or whatever, and it was always like muffled in bubbles and i realized like oh they're not going to be able to like talk like normal i was like i just i'd rather be able to hear like catchphrases and jokes while you're fighting and people it's like i would have been it wouldn't have bothered me at all if they were just talking underwater i was cool with the underwater fight scene and mira had the little hurricane wave things which i thought were cool my problem with aquaman was he's another guy who has basically no powers out of the water so the the last 30 minute fight scene he's just running around hitting people like captain america they did not utilize him like at all even so i was a little confused by this so they they established that you can like create an air bubble underwater which Mm -hmm. is holding back the ocean's weight right Mm -hmm. but then whenever like there's like a big magic. wave coming at him. He holds his pitchfork down. He's like, ah, and yeah. he's barely holding it. And then eventually it consumes him anyway. It's like, well, yeah, well, it's you okay. Just make okay. it a little, uh, Again, a little water they bubble. will develop this, but, um, this is because Aquaman or Mira, who apparently in this movie, him and that girl are not on good terms. Uh, but comic book readers know that that's eventually they get married and she's in their king and queen of Atlantis underwater. And, um, she actually has some actual like magic based abilities always had and he does have some water control properties but it's not quite the same as her um, and it's sort of weird because so it's he almost doesn't even have cool water powers he does but they're not the same like hers are different and he just there has is a, a pointy difference. fork yes 
and he and he can he can to a degree control waters but in this movie they made it kind of apparent that like this is early in whatever his story is going to be because him and mira like they like they said in the movie that mira was queen of atlantis which means right. he's not king which means he's not really involved with Atlantis, but clearly knows about it and has met with these people before. Well, didn't they say his mother was the queen before? Yeah, uh, his, uh, Aquaman's whole backstory is essentially um, his, I think his father was a lighthouse keeper and the queen of Atlantis slept with him one night and they ha- and had a kid. And he basically r- lived his life on land for the most part and then found out he was this person so he's actually the heir to the throne of atlantis but doesn't claim it so it's sort of like the aragorn type situation but with atlantis in the dc universe so he does or doesn't claim it in the comics oh he does eventually i mean because like like as of right now in the comic books him and mira are married he's king of atlantis and a lot of his simba situation sure sure so overall i'm i gave him the thumbs up like like okay casting him great with that yeah you know what i mean like i thought he was good it was more just the like, and th- I think this is just a symptom of they're throwing together this movie with no developed characters. Right, right. And so some people suffer from that. And his type of character is the type that requires more development. And, and I have the bias that obviously I know the background of these characters. Right, so right. I, I get the little like like offhand comment. I know exactly all the weight that's behind a line that they put in there. Whereas, and that is a fair criticism, like, whereas someone that doesn't read comic books doesn't know that. And that's part of it. You have to adapt it for audiences that aren't aware. Because there was, there was one of the Harry Potter movies that, they're all pretty much good, but there was one that was, I think it was Order of the Phoenix, that it was, like, the longest book and the shortest movie at the time. And that one always gets sort of criticized for, like, leaving a lot out. And there's some things in that that I remember thinking, like, well, why are they doing this? And it's that whole thing where, like, I have book reader friends where, at the time, I hadn't read it. And they were like, oh, you're an idiot. It explains it in the book. And I was like, doesn't matter. Like, they did not adapt that for me to understand in the movie. Right, right. Like, you can't use background information and say that explains it away. Like, as a film, they have to explain it's that to its thing audience. about adapting something is that you have to keep the audience in mind that is familiar with the work that you're adapting and you have to keep the audience in mind that is right, right. Has, has aquaman ever been on film that's a good uh, question a live maybe a version? super friends movie or something yeah i mean i'm sure there's a, a animated I don't, I don't think he has yeah no he always there's been tons of animated right. movies but yeah well no. he's he's on uh primetime tv often right. on uh Family Guy. Surfing right? on barnacle shells. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and, and Family Guy has definitely led to a lot of misunderstanding. Like, like they always portray him as, like, he can't get out of the water, and he, he can. He's also, <laughs> he also is sort of bulletproof like Superman, has a degree of super strength, but not to the degree of, like, Superman or Wonder Woman. And he has, so he has powers beyond just, I, he, I can swim in water and, and press fish to do things. So I, I haven't really seen Family Guy that much, so I'm not familiar with that, but... I have a memory of one. I think it's, is it Spongebob? Does Spongebob have like a version Mermaid of Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy? Mermaid, yes. That is that is what I think of when Which, I think of Which, in real life, was Aquaman and Aqualad. Aqualad? Yeah. Oh, there was la- there was a whole 50s period in the Golden Age where everyone got a lad. <laughs> <laughs> Lads all around. <laughs> Every superhero was running around with a little boy companion. <laughs> Running. I can make this much I'm worse. Filtering so many jokes out of my head right now. <laughs> I know, but yeah. So uh, 
Yeah. So, uh, where were we with this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Family Guy has definitely painted in popular culture, like... He at least beats, like, the Marvel guys who have no powers other than they can fight. Like, Captain America doesn't do it for me because he's just a strong fighter. Aquaman's like a strong Batman. fighter who at least... Well, Batman's cool in other ways, and he's Batman. I mean, I agree. At I least Aquaman has the fish thing. Oh, know? yeah. Well, they could do interesting things with it. I think part of the thing, too, is the setting of this movie, it was like... Why are you in here? Well, like if they're going to throw sm- you around yeah. and you're going to throw your fork at people. And, I, I mean, g- honestly, those were actually pretty cool scenes. But, like, yeah. none of them had anything to do with you being Aquaman. They uh, they gave him a couple things, like the water wall thing. I realized that wasn't a staple to the plot. Mm, it was but, fine. I mean, they could have yeah. just swam. Yeah. At like, least can they, none of them swim? Okay, but did you want them to pull a killer croc plot device and see him awkwardly <laughs> crawl down into a sewer? Well played. I got this, shoddy. <laughs> <laughs> just like... Yeah, I mean, seriously. But no, um, but yeah, aside from that, like, they, they, they absolutely. Gosh, that movie's so bad. It is. But no, they. Never uh, ending treasure trove. With Aquaman. Terrible, terrible gifts. With, With Aquaman, if they're smart, what they will do in the future is there's two essential plot lines that they normally do. They have, I think it's Black Manta is like a bad guy that's like his like main superhero or, or villain that they do a lot of stuff with. And then the other thing is they have a big like like narrative about like they're the others and land doesn't get along with them because Atlanteans are weird. And so there's this constant like like the Gungans and then the sure. Mabu. Right. Right. Exactly <laughs> like that. And they all talk like that. And they all have racist accents. Oh, that'd be great. The great Sith Lord. I don't know why you guys are disrespecting him this whole episode. <laughs> hey, I'm not disrespecting Jar Jar here. I am. I, yeah, Dan is. Yeah. And Dan is wrong. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's move on. Yeah, should we move on to some of the okay, other characters? Okay, so Wonder Woman. I mean, we've already seen her in her own movie. She was in Batman vs. Superman. In this movie, I felt like she was just, you know, she was there. She was functional. She did what she was supposed to. She's my favorite one to watch fight because yeah. she actually does interesting things. She's really her her fight scenes in Wonder Woman the movie were awesome, and I yeah. thought they were good. When she blocked all the bullets in this movie, I thought oh, it was cool. That was so I didn't realize cool. she was that fast. Well, that kind of bugged me a little bit because it was like, Flash. oh, so you can move super fast too. She like, that is came for, out of for all intents and purposes in the comic book. She's essentially like a girl Superman now. She wasn't always yeah, that's that way. True. But that's event- that's essentially what she became. Now, I will say there might have been a bit of an editorial oversight between what Zack Snyder was working on and what um, when the Wonder Woman movie was being made. So maybe the Wonder Woman film uh, had her a bit less uh, underpowered uh, because she was just going off her own well, basis of like her understanding. Years earlier, yeah, know? sure, and you could say that too, I guess. But um, but yeah, nonetheless, like. Yeah, in the comic book, for all intents and purposes, she's a female Superman. There's some things that she can't quite do. I mean, but... I guess she was blocking bullets with her wrists before. That requires some degree of super speed. Lasso, she has cool little gadgets. Yeah. The lasso is cool. The little arm things. Yeah, the, the lasso is interesting to me because I always thought, well, obviously that's the one thing they'll leave out of all of these movies because it's corny, like a lasso of truth. Like, it just sounds yeah, stupid. I mean, they every, use it both in yeah. jokes and in her fighting. And it's both always well. funny. Like, yeah. they did the, it was like Aquaman was sitting on it or something and yeah. just started saying all this, like, confessions <laughs> of stuff. And then and then you get revealed that, like, he's talk, he's saying that because he was sitting on the lasso. And, there, and it works. Like, it wasn't, 
yeah. it wasn't bad. <laughs> also, all the, uh, what are they, Athenians? Is that what they are? All the Athenian fight scenes are awesome with the yes. horses and the bone arrows. Although, they really do well with those. Did you notice that all of a sudden when Snyder gets involved, like half of the Athenians are suddenly wearing like bikini armor? No, that's oh. not that's not true. It was only the ones that were had that had the big mallets that hammered the pillars. Yeah. Well, no, no, there was a bunch in there. Well, I looked though because like no, I remember that over. story. All the regular Athenians were fully garbed, just like in the Wonder Woman. The main character ones were, but a I lot of the background. The ones. one that the sister and then the queen both had like Wonder Woman armor on. The normal armor from the Wonder Woman movie. But, it but also, a bunch of the background it, ones. It's like it doesn't matter though. They're an island yes, of women. It does. They're an island of women. It. Okay, I'm not talking from a like plot logistical perspective. standpoint. Yeah, obviously <laughs> the logistics are weird that they're not wearing like if armor you were that a giant glowing blue arms. man, you wouldn't wear underwear. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like it's one of those things that lots of big blockbuster movies do, but especially Snyder and like Michael Bay. Yeah, it's like it's just gross. And, like, there was, I don't know, 20 or 30 times it felt like in the movie where they just framed up Wonder Woman's butt right in the center of the screen. Like, yes. it would open a scene right on her butt and then, like... To be clear, you're saying you felt it was exploitative. Yeah, I guess that's the right that word. That makes sense. Yeah. It's just... it's just you're, 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 not, you're, not, you're not against women wearing whatever they want. You felt like the actual camera work was being exploitative. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It was... It, well, and it's... Honestly, the fact that Wonder Woman barely wears clothes bothers me anyway, but I get that you have to be somewhat near the source material. And at least they made it like armor. And she she and and I know you I, I've mentioned this before. Her costume in these movies is actually more modest than what than what a lot of no, no, right. guy like artists have done Agreed. with Wonder Woman. That's why I'm saying like that's what I felt I I liked about the Wonder Woman movie is while it's always bugged me that she didn't wear pants, not even from a like moral point of view, but just like I'm just like it's like you're very exposed, aren't you cold? You know, well, it was very distracting. Yeah, but but at least it felt like they generally made it like armor and stuff, and I felt right. like the Wonder Woman movie did a better job. Yeah. But then this one, it was like I'd kind of heard about it beforehand, and then when. Once the movie right. started playing and they went there, I was like, "Really? Like, why? Why are we doing?" This? It wasn't a big deal, but I'm not saying it's a big deal. It's just one of those things that I wish they didn't do. Yeah. So overall, Wonder Woman, good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Great. So let's move on to Batman. He's kind of turning a leaf from his murdery fanfic version that <laughs> Snyder yeah. developed from the last movie. I wish there was a little bit more. So the like. Two or three scenes in Batman vs Superman where he fights not Batman, I liked those a lot. Like it was very like I don't it wasn't parkourish, but it was very physical but cool fighting. And yeah. this one mainly because he's surrounded by like demigods, so he can't really yeah. logically hold up in a fight. They didn't give him as much of that cool jumping around fighting stuff. I'll say this though, they the one thing I liked about this movie is they gave him something yeah, to yeah. do, though, because I remember one of my problems with Batman vs. Superman is once you have the big doomsday battle at the end of Batman vs. Superman, he can't do anything. Right. So they had a bunch of cutscenes of him flipping around and jumping behind a wall. <laughs> like, he wasn't doing anything right. for 20 minutes until he finally shot the, like, the, whatever, uh, the kryptonite gas canister. and but But that was the only thing he did yeah. for 20 minutes. 
Whereas in this, he was sort of like Arrow, not Arrow, Hawkeye. Yeah. In Avengers. Yeah. Sort of like him where it's like, hey, look, he's he's doing his little thing over he's there. He's doing all the background stuff. And he comes through with all the vehicles, which I thought right. were pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Like, I do like that in this age where it like, seemed like, particularly with Batman, with Nolan, which were great, was going this more hyper-realistic route. This took a kind of centrist, like, they kept these ridiculous comic book elements yes. in it so his like like spider crawler yeah, batman cool. ship at first i was like mm, i'm not so sure about this but then whenever i actually saw it doing its thing i was like this is kind of cool that, i like the little <laughs> the little uh catchphrase whenever he's like sorry i didn't bring a sword to this fight and then he opens up that was when i realized i'm okay with the guns in this one but i think you hit the nail on the head dan when you were like it's because he's not shooting people yeah. You know, speaking of guns, I forgot to bring this up when we talked about the main villain. I'm not sure how I feel about the whole goggles and guns on the little flying guys. Uh, yeah, that was weird. That, that's purely because that's what they look like. That's how Jack Kirby drawn them. They've kept that look throughout the ages. They've made it a bit more menacing over time. It just it didn't match the actual villain guy. Because they show the cutscene of a thousand years ago when they first turn into that. And they're like little, you know, they don't have the goggles of the guns. They have yeah. claws. And they're like little vampire demons. And I thought they actually looked cool. Back then, and now that they, you know, I don't know. And they didn't need the guns. Like, the guns didn't add to their interest in their fighting. Oh, Dan's uh, pulling up a picture here. Like, that's what they used to look like. Well, those look dumb, though. Right. Well, but the the new ones don't look like that. They changed. Yeah, show it to Zach. Yeah. So, like, this is what they looked like back in the 70s whenever Kirby made them. So, like, green and yellow. I mean, yeah, very, like, like, like monkeys from Wizard of Oz. Yeah. And then, uh, and I'll, I'll show you. Like a picture of kind of what like modern art looks of them. They still kind of keep the look, but definitely like updated it. So like you see though where they got the goggles thing from. Like obviously those are movie ones, but um like so like that's modern day comic book version okay. of them. So you see where even in the movie they still made them look better than even modern day comics. They they were trying to keep the look so people who are fans like like charlie said is adapting stuff like these were ridiculous looking things back in the day but they were also because when they first came out they were made for 13 year olds the only thing i can think of when i see them is just what you said the little uh flying monkeys (laughs) yeah yeah yes (laughs) so also are those parademons in batman vs superman in the dream yeah yeah that's what that was so that's why i say like my theory with that whole segment which was my favorite parts of batman vs superman was that dream sequence where Batman wakes up in like apocalypse scenario. If you notice, he looks across the field and there's an Omega sign on the field, like the alphabet, like the Greek. That's that's Darkseid's um, symbol. And so it's it's either a dream or an alternate reality. Probably alternate reality because Flash comes through because he can do that on the cosmic treadmill. And he busts through time. And he tells them... Of, Everybody knows about Yeah, just right. casually dropping cosmic treadmill Right, right, on right. Us. And it's literally a treadmill that he can run faster on and it can make him go through time. So the theory is, is that was that was actually the future reality until they came back and warned them to do something. And he said, like, get them together. And you even notice in Batman vs. Superman, he says, he turns and talks to someone and says, no, it's too early. So the theory is, is like, that doesn't end up happening or we could see that in the next Justice League movie, like something like that happens or it starts to. I think it would be cool if we saw the Flash scene in a future movie and it kind of tied it all together. 
uh, we're going on a parademon tangent, but are parademons always like accompanied by a dark side? Is that like his? Yeah, things? yeah, like his hordes. He has his own like main sidekicks, which if you you're, you'll laugh, but I don't know if you remember these characters. Do you remember like Granny Goodness from the Superman '90s show? Like that grandma <laughs> character with a bat. He was like a cross dresser. And it was like what she would wear like this armor. Is escalating very quickly. Yeah, it was in the '90s Superman show. This is called Granny. I'll, goodness? I'll show you. Yes, because you'll remember. Oh my! What? I do not remember this. Yeah. So yeah, show that to Zach. Yeah. You don't remember her? <laughs> I do not remember her. Yeah. She's I don't like, know how I wouldn't remember. She's like that. this granny-looking character with armor and a cape that like <laughs> talks like a grandma and says horrifying things and tortures people. Granny goodness. Now, I don't think they'll use her in the For some reason, future movies. In my head, she's like super racist with a thick southern drawl. Oh, that's Paula Dean. Yeah. Oh, that would be great. I didn't mean to say it. Suicide Squad 2 with Paula Dean. So, there um, it is. Lock so, yeah. It Just to, to ship it. To, in, to answer your question, Zach. Um, yeah, parademons are like the main hordes of, of the armies that Darkseid has as well. and uh, But he also has his main commanders that are all like various different types of gods or powers. All right, let's move on to the next character so we don't spend too much time. So we did Aquaman. We talked about Wonder Woman. And let's move on. Oh, we talked about Batman. And so let's move on to Cyborg. Mm. So... There to as me as much grief as I've given uh Aquaman. It's mainly I think because I liked his character, but he felt underdeveloped. Yeah. Cyborg feels like the opposite. You don't like the character. Just didn't care for him and he was he was developed enough. I like that character, but like I was sort of saying while we were setting up, to me he's ugly Iron Man. And he was this product of the 90s or late 80s or something like that. Ugly is in bad CGI. Well, yeah. So there were parts of it. Here's what I thought was odd. The parts that were more lit, he looked fine. And then the parts that were darker looked worse as far as the CGI went. As bad as the CGI was for his like all of his metal junk... Him in the hoodie was ten times worse. What was the why did oh, he look I didn't so mind dumb that. in the hoodie? I thought that was okay. Did he not look just like weird? I thought he looked fine. I was a fan of the tech stuff. Well, everything that he plugged into and he could do all that, personally I thought that was really cool. Yeah, and for someone that's essentially a walking sonic screwdriver or R two D two. Maybe um, that's what it was. Because I actually liked the guy so I liked the guy at the very beginning when it was like, Oh, this is an interesting concept. Yeah. Like you don't you wish you weren't saved. And I, the actor I actually like. Oh, playing. yeah. And, and his backstory is, is kind of tragic. And there's more to it that, that I'm sure tragic. they'll develop in the future. Gotcha. Um, but and that's, like, again, part of the problem. He was one of the few ones where I felt like he had a developed camaraderie with the team. Like, he actually oh, seemed yeah. to develop. Like, he started out like he didn't like anybody. And then actually slowly kind of befriended the different yeah. characters. And I, I thought that was good. It was mostly, I guess, just... Really, I think it's just that the CGI was, it was very like... It could have been better. It, yeah, like Iron Man has a very like physical tactileness to him. Like the pieces feel like they fit in place and all this stuff. Yeah, and, it, and it's just a more simplistic, not quite as cluttered. Yeah, and this one it was just like he holds his arm up and then like magically a whole bunch of stuff just kind of like snakes out. And it feels more right. like 
he's CGI magicking a thing instead of like there's actually right. something physically Which there. I think is is more of a problem of his development as a character historically, not necessarily the movie. Because this, like, like that, that's whenever I, I I looked at you and I was like, well, aside from the CGI, like this is what Cyborg is. Like they they were true to that character, and there are plenty of people that like him, and I like him as far as a character story because it's sort of like a body horror type deal where there's some a body what horror oh um where there's some also some resentment with him and his dad which you got a little bit of hinted at in this movie and so him as a character is great but yeah as a superhero i've never really been a huge fan personally because i also feel like you said or, or like i said that you agreed with that he's sort of like the sonic screwdriver that yeah. sort of does what you I'm need him to do i'm familiar with him I don't really know him. Like, had did you, had you Zach seen him in stuff? Before? I've just seen him in the little things here and there. I I know you. I felt a little sigh whenever you first saw him, probably because of the CGI. I wish they had shown more. Like the cyborg in the comics has like you can see his body, but then he has the metal over. Like you see his arms, and some of them you can like even see his legs with like metal over. See, them. I can't even picture. Actually, you know what? What I do picture is was it Teen Titans? Yes, that's what he was in. That is what I know him from. But obviously that he looked very different there. But I was cool with the the possibilities of what he can do. Obviously he he harvests the infinity stone to get all that stuff to shoot oh, out see, of his arms. See that looks cool to me. Yeah. Because it, it looks like it has it's like a body. That's what like I'm talking about. It has about, sort of the abs, sort of, exactly. and whatever. Yeah. But in this, did it not feel like it was just? It was almost like organic. Everything I felt was just like kind it was of fluidly moving around. Because of the box, like he got his powers from the box. Yeah, it was explaining. I don't know. I, it, this I, I is do a think silly, though. Uh, I think part of the problem is a lot of the design from this seems heavily inspired from the Injustice games, which even Flash, like his suit, is more like you notice it had pieces. Yeah, I wasn't super and, crazy about Flash. Oh uh, yeah, suit. I, I was okay with it. It was just sort of like I'm also fine with the regular, you know. Flash and tights costume, right? Like that's fine. Like the CW, obviously, could be a little better than the CW when you have more money behind it. But something like that, but yeah, better yeah. value, would be amazing. That would be fine. You don't have to have the metal pieces, but um, we'll get to Flash in a minute. So yeah, overall, Cyborg, I, I thought he was okay, but yeah, he wasn't. He needs to be fleshed out more. He needs more to him, and the CGI needs. I'll to say, I definitely like as I'm thinking back on it, I came around to him a lot more. I think I probably brought in a bunch of already negativity because of how awful he looked in the trailers and then the first scene we see with him he also didn't look good yeah and so i'm like great weird yeah but then eventually like you kind of get over it or don't think i wasn't actively thinking about it and then the actual character himself both the like The the actor and the way he said lines but also like the way he was developed. He actually was probably the most well-developed character in it. It's good to have diversity on the squad. Well, also, yeah, yeah, that. Now, that's that's because it's a team. <laughs> you remember that line? No, but Alfred, I... Alfred, like, like Bruce says something, <laughs> and he's like, he's like, no, Bruce, that's a team. Yeah, what was that? Oh, what was the one that That was that? a callback. It wasn't just out of nowhere. I will say that was connected to a conversation they had earlier in the movie, because Bruce was talking about doing stuff alone and and then Alfred's like, no, but now, but that's because you're working with a team now. And so that was actually a callback to a conversation they had earlier. Gotcha. gotcha. And uh, kind of related to the Aquaman line, which was kind of funny, like, like a strong man is alone and works better alone. He's like, that's the opposite of what the that was. Is. I like that one. That <laughs> yeah. was funny. Yeah. 
Okay, so moving on, Flash. Saving grace of the movie. I mean, without Flash, I thought it would be a total dud. Totally agree. I th- yeah. And he made, like, everybody else funnier because, you know, put a super serious guy next to the funny guy, and then that chemistry between those two is unique with each one, but also very funny. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to his movie, and I really like uh, Dr. Manhattan as his dad, which was really jarring. It was jarring because I, in my head, well, actually, Dr. Manhattan, that is, or uh, Watchmen is DC, isn't it? Mm, it's owned by DC, but it's not part of the DC universe well, sure, sure, sure. yet. <laughs> but, well, that's a good point. But, like, when I saw him, my brain went, I think mostly because Zack Snyder did The Watchmen, I was like, whoa, like, that's Dr. Manhattan. Like, yeah. this is, like, some sort of connection thing. And then I started, like, putting together, like, I, oh, wait, no, I, this is just who they happen to I cast. I just kept expecting him while he's on the other side of that jail cell class to be like, I can't relate to these humans anymore. And then just blow up Barry Allen in a flash of blue. So we already talked about the scene with Superman, which was a great comic scene. <laughs> but the first scene when Flash was funny was the first time he went, like, slow-mo when they're fighting Steppenwolf, Steppenwolf, and he points the the sword back at uh, Wonder Woman. Oh it yes, awesome. it's like this huge. F- this is the first time we're seeing him fight, which of course you can't not compare to the X Men. Uh, what's his name? Yeah, the X Men scene where they go and he goes super fast and runs around the like that kitchen right. scene or whatever. And so in your head, it's like, oh, this is this big moment where we're going to get to see him fight in slow motion. And he's even running around the yeah. wall similar to that scene. And so it feels like this big, he's going to do this big fight. Yeah. And then it all culminates in him just lightly poking the sword so that it goes back to Wonder Woman's hand. <laughs> but it was like, that was the perfect thing for that and, character. And see, like, what, there was a bunch of stuff with him that was references to Flash lore that I'm guarantee you guys didn't catch. Like, he said some something about like language. He, he's like, I only know like English, and, and he's like in some some gorilla sign language, and like, oh yeah. Like, so what's that a reference? Because to? like one of the Flash's biggest enemies is a sentient telepathic gorilla from Gorilla City <laughs> called Gorilla Grodd. From Gorilla City? Yeah, which is like this... It's very Planet of the Apes-like, so it's actually really cool. But I'm sure it's yeah. really, really cool. <laughs> yeah, um, Everything you're saying sounds yes. super cool. Ima- imagine imagine like, like, like Planet of the Apes, but they're wearing like that cool like armor stuff. Like... like ancient armor it's like really neat. neat but anyways so like there was like lots of throwaway stuff like little easter eggs for flash lore throughout the uh throughout the movie as well and with a lot of characters all right so last character i think of the lineup um superman return of superman what do we Su- think superman returns <laughs> what do we think of superman being very like boy scouty just replying punchlines to things that weren't asked about and all that sort of stuff i mean fighting stuff i mean they did some cool stuff that i've never seen him use like cold breath did he use that in any of the previous movies yeah no. i was kind of surprised in this movie that was a nice little treat yeah it was a little yeah. frozen treat yeah <laughs> and one of my favorite parts of the movie which i mentioned earlier that i originally was kind of bemoaning was like when they bring him back from the dead and he's they do that fight with him that whole like, scene kind of, was so great. Yeah, that ended up being one of my favorite parts of the movie that I actually remembered the most. And I was like, "Oh, this is actually kind of really fun," and and I and and it's one of those things where they had to bring him back from the dead. And I'm and 
it was fine the way that they did it. I'm not sure how else they could have done it to where it would have actually made sense. Right. So while it wasn't like this amazing thing, they had to do it, and it, it seems like they were using the best tools that they had. In and universe. it was worth it to have that fight, almost. like Exactly. <laughs> I'll say when he first, you know, wakes up and gets shot out or whatever, and he just kind of like floats in the air. Yeah. It was like, I don't know, something about the way he floated was like super impactful to me. It was just kind of yeah, like, holy cool crap. Visual. Yeah, he just seems like... Everything he does is so rigid and like, like he knows, yeah. like he doesn't have to move cool. He just has to like put out his hand and as long as he makes contact, he knows someone will get thrown right. against the wall. The it's effortlessness like of it and that translating into his flying. I like the whole resurrection come back from the dead scene just because they didn't draw it out. Like yes. they didn't put the power in him and then he slowly wakes up and does and like all this. Ultra he just lightning like shot everywhere. And, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, so Superman, obviously he didn't have a ton of of time like as far as characterization arc in this movie is just sort of he's back and he's he's the plot device to to finish the movie but i am kind of hopeful at the fact that now that snyder's kind of off dc it'll be interesting to see if they ever do another superman in the movie movie in the future for one and two i'm looking forward to a more hopeful like modern superman movie right like because he's a great superman and a good actor yeah so i i love henry cavill and like other stuff and the best part about him is his suit Yes, oh, everybody yeah, yeah. Uh, mutually agrees that so the, suit the suit is the suit best is, Superman suit. Is, suit. Is, suit is awful. Like they made improvements <laughs> of it, and I say improvements in finger quotes because, like, he has he clearly has like muscle pieces in the suit, which doesn't make any sense because you can kind of make some sense. He's of gotten it. a little flabby. Yeah, like you you can make some sense of it for, and I told you this earlier, like with Batman or like like Flash. They said, oh, because it's like this astronaut technology st- i don't know something from a lab they, yeah astronauts always stupid... have abs in their suits no 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 they, they had some sort of stupid reason even if it's not completely i mean we're dealing with the comic book characters but like like all of them sort of have reasons like even batman you can kind of say well he's a normal person it's sort of armor but this it's like he's superman like he is the weapon it doesn't make sense that he has clear like plates in his or padding right like they couldn't have honestly like thought that we thought that was muscle and it doesn't look like even in world that's what it's supposed to be it's just like part of the suit and it's stupid like i don't understand like it looked like that opening camera shot of like the little kid on his camera phone like asking pre-superman death uh superman questions which is sort of like that looked his suit looks so (laughs) cartoonish speaking of that that pre at the very beginning of the movie that uh like cell phone footage stuff so i don't know if you guys all saw the sort of jokes before this movie was made so whenever joss whedon took over he did a bunch of reshoots and henry cavill or cavill however you say his name yeah he was getting ready to film a different movie where he needed a mustache so he had like right a full mustache and apparently he had this full mustache on set and they were going to have to like use cg to take it out yeah there's funny pictures on the internet you can find of like people that got set photos that they weren't supposed to have of superman with a mustache yeah and so at during that cell phone shot like i don't know what it was maybe it was just because i knew that going in i was like looking i was like his like whatever you call that right above his mouth what is that called up his upper lip looks really weird this must be one of the like added shots that has been cg'd yeah but then Every single time in this movie where you see his face, I was like, 
His upper lip just looks really weird to me here. This must be one of them. I think he just has a weird looking upper lip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I was on I was on uh, hashtag mustache alert uh, the whole movie, and <laughs> I was having a hard time. Is this is this what we're doing? Mustache alert. Yeah, yeah. All right. Hashtag Hash- a town. Hashtag mustache alert. <laughs> This will come up so often in your yeah, daily yeah. lives that I expect to get it'll lots be, of feedback. It'll, it'll just be like when you click on the hashtag, it'll just be me thinking <laughs> about it. Uh, but anyways, so yeah, um, it's nice to have Superman back. He didn't really do much in the movie except in the plot. And give so, us a bunch uh, of good uh, punchlines. Yeah, gave us some, some good catchphrases. So. so yeah, I think that about, uh, th- that's the whole league, right? It'll except for Green Lantern. Yeah, which obviously we now know and, in this universe, Green Lanterns exist from the flashback. And uh, what's the Martian's name? Martian Manhunter. Martian Manhunter. Yeah, they haven't said they're going to... Well, his name is John Johns. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Isn't there like there's like a Hawkeye that, you know... Yeah, there's like Hawkman and Hawkgirl. Um, DC's naming Tornado. is Red awful. Tornado DC? Yeah, that's DC. Red Tornado. Red Tornado? Yeah, he's an android. He's he, like they. Were, I feel like they were choosing between Cyborg or Red Tornado for the last character because Red Tornado is pretty cool too. Why Similar wouldn't they guy. go Martian Manhunter? He was in the 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 cartoon Justice League. That's the only reason. I yeah, think that I don't know. Um, he was cool. Yeah. So it it will be interesting to see what they do going forward. I honestly think I would much rather see the individual stories. This to me felt like, um, which I know you guys haven't watched it yet, but um, to me it felt like the Defenders. I like the Defenders. This is the Netflix Marvel culmination team up of like Jessica Jones, Daredevil, uh, not Punisher, but um, Luke Cage and the awful, awful Iron Fist. But um, but no, I I watched it and it was good. Like I was glad I watched it. It It was satisfying. It was fun to watch, but it wasn't like earth shattering. So that's kind of what I felt like in this movie. And I and I look more forward to like watching those shows separately for like character pieces, whereas like. It, it's kind of to the point where I don't really care so much about the team ups anymore, and it's it's kind of like that even in the Marvel universe. Like a lot of the crossover movies, I don't really care. Yeah, I'm I'm not like excited about the next Avengers or all of the uh... that I am just to see the payoff of because it's the culmination of this ten year long. See, build it felt up. like this big thing, and now I'm like I don't really care about Thanos. Like the fact that in the last Thor, they just. Right at the beginning, you're just like, yeah, the, those Infinity Stone things are out there, but we're not going to worry about that in this movie. Right. It was like a relief. It was like, oh, good. Okay, great. We're just going to have our little movie here. True. I, I agree with that sentiment, but I will say I only am looking forward to that just for to see if it pays off. But other than that, yeah, like I didn't... I, like, like Civil War was not a movie I cared about. Avengers Age of Ultron wasn't a movie. It's not one of my favorites. Um and like like a lot of the movies that they have team ups are not my favorites. Like I was okay with Thor, even though you could kind of call it a crossover because it had Hulk in it, but it was still a Thor movie. And like I don't really care about the team up stuff so much, even though I like this movie. I like seeing them joined up. Um, so I'm more interested in seeing what they do with individual character stories because I feel like they can do stuff with these characters who are some of the most historied characters in the world. And now with Zack Snyder off of it. And Jeff Johns, who's one of the comic book chief creator officers of the DC Comics universe, and he's a fan favorite. Now he's kind of the creative officer of the film department. Hopefully now the ship is sort of riding itself. And Wonder Woman was a good sign of that. This was not an amazing sign of that, but I also don't think it was as bad as some critics are making it out to be. So I think it's, it's it's a move in the right direction while it still could have been better. 
Fair? I think that's fair. I'm definitely going to put it above The Defenders. You know, I think it's better than that. Have you, you seen The Defenders? Negative. <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, I've seen all the other Netflix Marvel shows, so I, it can't be much better than those. Okay, whatever. Um, We're not going to go there. All right, so... I want to hear what your two opinions are on Gotham. No, we're not going there. <laughs> okay, so uh, why don't we why don't we end with sort of like saying like do the Rotten Tomatoes score. So what would you do Rotten Tomatoes score? Well, let's start with you because you sort of gave your little sum up of the movie. So after talking about it, I still kind of stick by my feelings, but I would say I'd either give it a 65 or 70%. And then if you were to rank those... Uh, rank all the like DC MCU or MCU DC. DC yeah, well, we'll be here for a while. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, rank, so ranking all of the the DC movies so far. The worst one would be Suicide Squad, right? Obviously, the next. So all the other ones I'm kind of okay with. So they're not too far. Go so, top down. So so let's say Suicide. Okay, so Suicide Squad is way down there, right? Apart from all the other ones, up to the top. All right. So my my I would say the best one is definitely Wonder Woman. Um, then I would probably go Man of Steel, um, Batman vs. Superman, Justice League, and then like if I could delete Suicide Squad <laughs> from existing, that's what I would do. And again, my score was 65 to se- I'll say 65 to 75%. I'm going back and forth because this has kind of made me like, I feel like my enjoyment of it kind of overcame some of the flaws a little bit. As we've talked about it, you mean? Right. Yeah, yeah. And quick tangent, not necessarily for the podcast. I just want to know what you guys think. Are you guys excited about a potential Ben Affleck Batman movie? Yeah. Matt Reeves, who's done all the Planet of the Apes stuff, is doing it, and he's an amazing director. So I feel like someone who's better with different cinematographer and better direction would make it amazing. So yeah. it is confirmed that that's happening. Well, at this stage, I feel like as all sure of as it, it is, can be. Yeah, it's all sort of, it feels like all of this stuff is up in the air. Okay, so you guys are okay with Ben Affleck as Batman. Yeah, I like him fine. Oh, yeah, I don't care. I actually even think the suit design and everything is cool. It's just a matter of the camera work and making sure he looks good on the camera. Because like, like we talked about, his cameo in Suicide Squad looks awful. And it's because of how they filmed it, not because of him or the costume. Yeah, I hear you. I'm okay with the suit, too. Big fan. So what would both your percentage be for Justice League and then sort of just just the the quick little overview of what you thought of the movie and then your ranking top down. All right, if I'm going to give it a score, I don't know about percentage on tomato meter, I'm going to give it like a just above the splat so it just hit the red tomato. So that'd be like 61%. Like an old tomato. You know, not like a very ripe tomato, but it right. is still like you'd a still tomato. eat it, but yeah. maybe put it in the pasta yeah, or something. Yeah, I'm chopping it up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, whatever that percentage is, uh would I watch it again maybe with extended cuts? Probably not. Um, I'm gonna. I still think I'm gonna put it right up there with Batman vs Superman for tops of these the new DC universe, then Wonder Woman and uh, Man of Steel right under it, and then just like he said, the the worst part of Suicide Squad is that it exists. So if you can just clear that, that's about where I'm at. So wait, you'd put Batman vs Superman at the top, correct? And then what was second? Justice League. Oh, okay, Justice League before Wonder Woman. I, I wasn't a huge Wonder Woman fan, so okay, okay, fair enough. Yeah, and then Wonder Woman. Uh, I don't even remember how much I liked Man of Steel. It's been a while with that one. So I'd probably put it fourth and then Suicide Squad. Here's what I'll say is why I rank Batman vs. Superman number one. It's just because I, I think it has the best villain. Lex Luthor has the most like history for me of these villains. See, it feels Luthor's like. fine, but he wasn't really the villain in this one. No, he was Yeah, he was sort of like... And he was not the best Luthor. Like, Kevin Spacey was amazing. 
Um, and uh, Gene Hackman was amazing. See, I I would agree with Zach that I liked him as Lex Luthor, like in terms he of just, the actor. He was but, fine. He needs to tone it down. Oh, see, I kind of liked I kind of liked his weird little eccentricy startupy guy thing going on. My problem with it was he was dumb. And the whole point yeah. of Lex Luthor and Batman is that they aren't super powered. They right. are smart and they outsmart their opponents. And in that movie, both Batman and Lex Luthor were complete and utter morons whose yes. motivations both based on the information you know, like they knew in the movie, and like when you like game out what their decisions would have actually like brought about it was like why would anybody choose that like what the heck Ugh, i don't want to get into that though but yeah so i liked the actor playing lex luther but i didn't necessarily like lex luther simply because the writing of that character didn't embody anything that i like about lex luther which is that he's smart yeah that's that's a good point he's at least supposed to be like the main mastermind in the dc universe right now yeah but obviously like again going forward the plus side is that you'll have hopefully better writers you're not having Zack snyder sure and and friends doing all the future movies and they're keeping lex luther i mean we had a stinger scene with him basically saying let's form a society of evil evil things and so like that's kind of fun like like he he said like suicide shouldn't we have our own league yeah we're the good we're the bad guys i guess my closing overall thought on the movies i'm excited you know dc kind of has his foot in the door now with somewhere to go you know they got the individual movies coming up i'm excited about a possible batman maybe a cyborg flash all that stuff and i'm excited that you know dc has possibility now like after i walked out of the theater of suicide squad i was just so mad because i was so excited <laughs> for that movie and like dc being back and then you walk out of there and it's like chris blatt dc's done you know Right, like ship it up. Let's start over. And exactly, you wanted to start over. At least now, I feel like they've gotten above ground level. Yeah, Wonder Woman and this. Even if you didn't like either one, extraordinarily, it feels like they set a tone that is both different from Marvel, but also actually enjoyable. They've dug themselves out of the hole. Is basically yeah, what I'm yeah. So, uh, I mean, you're about to get to your opinion in a second, but I am also wondering, included in your opinion, did you at least like this movie? Like, do you think that the, like, I know we've talked about Rotten Tomatoes as an aggregate site, but do you think their score is fair or a little bit lower or high, or you think it's perfect or a little lower than maybe it could be or what? Well, so I think their score is fair because it's <laughs> aggregating what critics think of the movie or whatever. You right? know what I mean. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean. I would put it I would put it in the like low mid 60s. I'd say I'd recommend people see it. Mm-hmm. I I enjoyed watching it. Mm-hmm. Which to me is the bar for whether it's fresh or rotten. Gotcha. It's like it's not nearly as funny as most Marvel movies or as smart as some of the older DC movies. Yeah. But it was smart enough for what it was doing and it was funny enough for what it was doing and it had plenty of moments that i found delightful and we mentioned it at the beginning and maybe maybe i mentioned a lot but i'm going to mention even more that score was so yeah like getting danny elfman in there and getting themes that just there were so many times where i just was like happy yeah because i'm like oh there's a character and then oh look he's weaving in this theme for that character and like i'm 
getting these like emotional hits that I've just not been getting with any of these, mm-hmm. even the ones that I've liked, I've not been getting with a lot of these superhero movies lately. Right. And it was just, it was just so delight. Oh, also I wanted to bring up that song at the very beginning of yeah. the movie. I forgot we looked it up whenever we were Yeah, it was like a Regina, Regina Spectre sounding thing, but it wasn't her. Yeah, that really, I liked that whole scene. And that was the first time where I felt like, I was like, okay, this is still a Zack Snyder movie because yeah. it kind of, there was some slow motion shots of like a criminal kicking a trash can or something. Slow motion in a spot where it didn't have any impact at all, right. but it was still kind of cool looking. Right, Some someone talking, all of a sudden it slows down, zooms in on the spit bubbles. Like, right, yeah, exactly. Forming in their mouth. <laughs> But no, so like it was a fun movie. The the actual fight scenes, like the characters worked with each other. They actually came up with interesting ways for them to fight. And it was funny. Wasn't overlong. Yes, yes. The fact that it was trimmed down, I think to me helped a lot. Yeah. So I never thought like, oh, I hope this is over. Like yeah. I did with Even though I said like I will be interested to see if they have an extended version and to see and I think there was some things missing. I think they took the better, the the least amount of risk, rather, by trimming it rather than overextending it. Because overextending it can yeah, make it yeah. feel like a chore if it's if it doesn't work. Right. So if I were to rank them top down, I'd put Wonder Woman on top. For me, definitely. Yeah. And then this one would be next. Justice League would be second. Gotcha. Because it was enjoyable, actually. Right. And then the next one would probably be Man of Steel. Yeah, I'd say Man of Steel, while I didn't enjoy it, I think <laughs> yeah, I think it had parts that I did like. Yeah. And a big part of my extreme frustration with that movie was my expectations. This was the That he could have gone to his spaceship dad and, and asked what how to solve the plot problem rather than going to a preacher. Well, <laughs> no, no. Not like nitpicky things. More like I that that I was really excited about Man of Steel because Superman has always been yeah. a superhero I like like conceptually, but the none of the movies really work for me because he's like too powerful and I never really feel like there's the the storylines are smart enough to be yeah. like super engaging for me. And so whenever I heard like, oh, the guys that did the Dark Knight trilogy are going to do Batman, I was like, whoa, like we're going to get like a really intelligent you Superman movie. Do Superman. You said do Batman. Or sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The guys that did the Dark Knight trilogy doing Superman. And like that first trailer where they showed uh, uh, his dad being yeah. like, hey, man, like you can't save everybody and you have to make these hard choices about who you save and who you don't. It was like, oh, they're going to like play with some interesting themes here. Right. And then when it didn't. It was like well, an extreme letdown for me, more so than what maybe it even deserved to be. Yeah, they did to a degree, and I I would agree with that. That like it wasn't what it could have been, especially yeah, like you said, given the kind of hype around it. I just think it did. It gave like fans that had always wanted to see like cause Superman is ultimately a superhero that's about action. Like that's how it started was action. Well, comics. and the action itself didn't work for me. It did for a lot of other people. Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. It was just a very like CG like punch. We move really fast. Punch. We move really fast. We're gonna yeah. destroy this building and millions of people are gonna die, but it's not a big deal. Punch. Right. We move really fast. But he made that the plot of your next movie, right? So, so then as a follow up to that was another one that I was like, based on the trailer, like, oh, they're like dealing with the 
sort of issues that I have with the first one. Some of the imagery looked really cool from the trailers. Like, this is an interesting concept. And then that one, the plot was just such a, like, mess. And the character motivations were so bad. That was my problem with that one. Yeah. And it was so, messy. I'll give you that. I think a huge part of it has to do with, like, your expectations. Because, like, I probably talk about movies more with you than anybody. So, my I didn't see Batman vs. Superman until, like, a year after it was out. And so my expectations at that point were so low. Right. Well, I was you just saw really pleasantly suicide surprised. Squad, right. Right. Yeah. And I was just really. Ple- I thought it was going to be another Suicide Squad, right. which you think it is. But no, I was no, just- no. I I want to be clear. I don't think Batman vs Superman is like without any value the way that Suicide Squad is. Okay, so that Suicide Squad just has its own floor yeah. level. Absolutely. Yeah. He, he too. Like I remember, he saw it the day before I did, and all I got was a text at like ten o'clock at night. No, I sent that. No, I, I came out of the movie and said, what the hell was that? <laughs> yeah, and that's all I said. No, it was all me. I said. I saw it before you. Didn't you? You Did you finish the movie? Like, yeah, I yeah. Like I saw it opening night. You wanted to walk our, out. Well, our work, uh, every once in a while, we'll get tickets for everybody to go see something, and that was what we saw. And, yeah, I sent you a text right away that I don't remember how I phrased it, but it was basically something like, Prepare yourself. <laughs> yeah, and, and that was frustrating because it was so easy to do well. You have a cast of charismatic characters that are larger than life. All you have to and all you have to do is do what it was supposed to be, like a dirty dozen, but with DC villains. And they couldn't do that. It was yeah. It was, that was a train wreck. That that's part of the problem. It's like what Walking Dead has become to a degree, though Walking Dead isn't that bad. But um where like you're watching it and you're like, I could have thought of a solution. To this terrible script problem in two seconds. Why did you do this stupid thing? Suicide Squad just still feels like this movie where like it could be one of my favorite movies today. Like I should be sitting here being like Suicide Squad is like top five for me, and it's just the complete opposite. This is why you two seem to have this exact same reaction to this movie. I think yeah. is that it fits into this slot that Batman vs Superman I think fit into that like is a type of movie that you really like. And the fact that it tripped on itself and just fell over is like, you guys see this nugget of what could have been. Right. And it wasn't there. Right. Yeah, because, again, I- I've said this before, casting, for the most part, is fine. Like, if they use that same cast in a different movie with a better script and direction, it will be fine. There's nothing wrong with Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn or Will Smith as Deadshot. Like, all of those are fine, fine castings. It's just everything they were given was awful. And so, yeah, Suicide Squad is a a special place in hell. Right. (laughs) Whereas Batman vs. Superman had lots of problems, but was like, it had good things in it. Yeah, yeah. And it was still still a well-crafted, like, cinematography... Yeah, he's all. Yeah, Zack Snyder's always at yeah. least good at that. And even though you hate the big, this guy punches this guy, and he, both of them are invulnerable and just smash each other the whole movie. At least in my opinion, the action was like done well. Like I thought it was good for that. Right, and I can't judge that because yeah. it all looks the same to me. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So um, I think that's a good place to put a pin in it, since we've gone for about two hours or so now, yeah. longer than the new Justice League movie. And so, um, Part for the course. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, if you guys have any opinions about the Justice League movie, if you think we're absolutely wrong and crazy or you, or you agree with us 
or fall somewhere in between, uh, go ahead and leave us a comment. Um, you can find us on all of our social media, like Reddit, Twitter, Facebook at A Town FM. Yeah, thanks for uh, joining us, Zach. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Sorry that we both are Mike Hogs and probably didn't give you a whole lot of time to talk. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, not at all. You have to. <laughs> I'm really just apologizing. The voice for Dan. deepening software, right? Where you can change my voice to voice deepening. You guys have that? I so you uh, you mentioned this in a text. You you don't sound like you have a high pitched voice to me. Oh, it's it's gone. See, we have old home videos that <laughs> only me and Charlie have seen from when I was a kid. It was just, it was remarkable how high pitched my voice was as yes, a child. You're experiencing one of the topics that we had in our first episode that most people are self critical of their own voices. I did hear that episode, and yeah, so I'm a victim of that right now. You you thought your voice still suffered from the same high pitch from when you were like the podcast six? thing. Credit to you guys for this whole podcast thing because it's like I'll have all these points, and then you like look at me, and I'm like, oh, uh, and then you just forget what you're. You know, it's, this is difficult. You know, it is well, and it's weird too when when the person's talking, and me and Dan are both the style of people who over talk over each other. Like you can, well, you know, while I'm editing, I'm usually pulling off like one of us will start a point before the other one has finished their sentence because you kind of know what they're going to say. And it never bothers me when we're talking together. But when I listen to us talk, it's like we both do it to each other. Yeah, I think the secret is once it starts flowing, just like a normal conversation, then it goes way better and sounds yes. better. You know? Yeah, it's always weird when you're trying to structure things. But for the listener, uh, we kind of have a weird setup here, too, because we just ran home right after the movie and Dan being Dan forgot to bring his mic. I wasn't told to bring it. Well, I told you, you we were going to record. We, you said, quote, we'll figure it out. We, right. I, we never figured it out. It's implied though, that if we're going to record that we oh, need the it? equipment that we use to record. Okay. <laughs> anyway, Dan didn't bring his mic. So we have my normal mic and then another shotgun mic that I have on a tripod that Dan and Zach are sharing, which means uh, they're both hugging. They've been hugging this whole right. this whole episode, in fact. Right. Um, but they both have to they they kind of have to lean in to the microphone whenever they're talking, which will explain if you hear weird volume changes, what's going on. And uh, I'll just end this with uh, with the power of time travel. I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. We had a good one. It was great. Yeah. Well, considering this episode might come out in like December or something. Right. We're, we're stacking up episodes here. So right, it's right. before Thanksgiving yeah. right we now. We still haven't even recorded our Stranger Things one yet. <laughs> yeah. Which will probably come before this one. I don't know. Yeah. We can do it tomorrow. I don't care. Yeah. I got time tomorrow. Well, we'll figure I work it out. tomorrow from like four to late. So if it's before four. <laughs> All right. All right. We're done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>